Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Steve Ashburner, senior writer for the NBA.com, joining us now on uh, the uh, Schneider Orange Hotline. Steve, how you been, buddy? I'm good, Bill. How are you? Well, we're getting by. I mean, uh, I think more and more, I, I was telling people there was a, only a couple of years ago, there was a definite uh, pulse in this state as to whether or not they did or did not want that new arena and did or did not want the Bucks to stay around. I said, this is what it's like if you didn't have the Bucks staying around. There's not much to do, not much to talk about. But uh, I know that uh, Major League Baseball and the Players Association over the weekend came to an agreement that if indeed they can begin playing safely without fans, they're going to do so. How, how far away do you think the NBA is to making a similar decision? Well, in terms of the timing, I think they're very far away. I think the, the, um, the great unknown in terms of when it'll be okay to gather even in, in the numbers that would be needed to stage games without fans in the stands, um, you know, I just think we don't have a clear idea of when that green light is going to turn on. Um, in terms of that as an option, among the many scenarios that they're probably uh, running through at this point, you know, I think that that's sort of uppermost in the NBA's thinking. Remember, they were going to do that um, for a game out on the West Coast, a Golden State game, um, before they decided to postpone the season. They were going to have the uh, the Warriors in that beautiful new building of theirs uh, play with no fans in the stands. So that that was sort of their first option. So I could see them considering that as a way to phase back in. Um, now I know we're still a ways away from anything like that happening, but uh, did you? The rumor last week was saying mid June uh, is what a target area is. Uh, are you still hearing the same thing? I haven't heard anything new since the um, the guidelines were extended. Uh, yesterday in the uh, in the president's briefing, um, so you know all I'm all I'm working off of is estimates that it could take anywhere from two months to two and a half months to ramp up a return. Um, by the time you you know you get you get arena dates set and a and a format um, uh, settled upon, and then players you know brought back and and um, somehow given some sort of a ramp, however short to uh, getting in shape again and you know so that when they do play games not only do they offer a legitimate product that you'd want to watch on television at least you know if you can't quite get in the buildings yet uh and also not have players immediately blow out you know their bodies um from you know the sudden return to nba level play so you know there there are they do estimate two months um i've seen those i think so you'd be talking um I don't know. They'd have to get they got they'd have to get a, a sense of a return to semi normalcy before most of us are even allowed to congregate in groups more than ten. So, I, you know, mid June would seem to be a little optimistic at this point because um, you know the lead time 
required. Now they can they can fast track a little bit, but I think that they'd be asking for trouble, and they, they would they would then suffer consequences that that could undermine next season. And you know, and so I think that that's I think that's got to be number one at this stage. Is you don't want to do anything that's going to harm the twenty 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 one season, um, and then you work backwards towards what you can salvage from this yeah. time around. Do you see them going right into the postseason, or is there going to be an abbreviated schedule, or do is this just so fluid, just nobody knows? Well, nobody does know, um, and if, they, if, if anybody at the New York headquarters knows, they're not telling. Um, you know, my thought is just based on having covered two previous lockouts, where we went from, you know, uh, months of uncertainty to all of a sudden, hey, you know, the NBA's back. How are they going to get up and running, you know, when they should have been playing already? And what they did then is, I, I believe both times, they had two tune-up games. You know, they had about a week of training camp, two tune-up games, and then, boom, it was off to uh, the regular season. In this case, I could see something similar where they do that, um, you know, almost like casual. Now the NFL will do it during their training camps. You know, they'll have two teams that sort of scrimmage. Um, maybe that's something that, is televised. Maybe that's something that, if it's okay by then, that the public is allowed into. Uh, but I think they're going to need something. You can't have your first game back, you know, have playoff implications in a playoff series. You know, not right. just qualifying, but but for um, you're going to be down 0-1 uh, before you know it. And, and so I think they they do need something like that. But I think it has to be extremely brief. I, I my, my if I had to bet, I would bet on the regular season being gone at this point. I can't see how they could come back and finish out where they left off. Um, what what I'd been thinking initially, and I, I guess I hadn't thought it through, was, okay, fine, just start with the playoffs, you know, and you've got your national television coverage and you've got um, the teams that people care most about. But I, I think that this is such a weird national situation that, that some of these suggestions about a second tournament with, with um, the lottery teams in it I think it kind of has appeal and makes sense. Uh, David Aldridge in the National, uh, excuse me, the Athletic, writes most recently about it, but it had been floated, I think, first by the NHL as a way to include all the teams, all the markets, and and create something where those teams then are sort of playing down for uh, draft order. And, and, and to me, just the idea of bringing everybody back so that everybody's arenas get the lights turned on and the fans, you know, are sort of um, invited back, um, that makes sense. If you just go to the playoffs with 16 teams, you have nearly half your league where the markets are just, oh, yeah, I'll see you next year. That was it. You didn't know it was over, but it's over. And I, I just think that this, that would be a way to, to maybe stimulate a little bit of interest in a different way and also just, you know, sort of check in everywhere in the league and say okay we're back we're okay talking with steve ashburner senior writer for nba.com and also find him on twitter at ash a-s-c-h nba over on twitter um all these all this talk i was watching uh, over the weekend now everybody's trying to find something to talk about in the world of sports when this is what you have to do for a living but all the different discussions regarding mvp and lebron and 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 Giannis and you know, in this abbreviated season, does this help or hurt, hurt? Because Giannis was not playing great when the season shut down and LeBron was, but Giannis had had a tremendous season. Does the voting still fall in Giannis's favor at this point, in your, in your opinion? 
Yeah, I think it does, and I think it would have probably done that uh, if everybody had completed 82 games. I would have found it very difficult to um, take whatever portion was left, about maybe 20% of the season, and um, say, well, well, LeBron won that portion, therefore he wins the uh, the MVP. I think a lot of a lot of voters, a lot of people in general, are, are often guilty of or victims of recency bias, where you remember most, you know, what just happened, and you forget what Giannis was doing in November and December and January and February. You know, it just so I understand why some people felt, oh, I have to maybe vote, you know, flip those two guys in the voting. I think ESPN got kind of shameless about it. I, I think that they were they were banging the drum on behalf of LeBron's candidacy over over Giannis, just because I think that they have uh, greater business interests and greater business success when. You know, the glamour markets get the attention. And I'm not trying to fuel any paranoia in Milwaukee. I mean, I've lived and worked in pretty much, uh, you know, well, in the Midwest my entire career and, and, you know, in the so-called flyover places like Milwaukee and Minnesota. But um, I do think that, that ESPN, um, you know, is sort of in LeBron's corner. So um, that that started to get rather unseemly to me, the amount of, uh, debate and you know, and some of it is filling empty time. But this was going on before the season was was postponed, and right. it just seemed like why are they so determined for for LeBron to win? I just don't. I don't think it's close. I think the top two candidates are Giannis and LeBron, and then the gap is a big one down to number three. But I think the gap between one and two is equally as big. Yep. No, I completely uh, agree. And I and by the way, many people feel the exact same way you did that or you do that ESPN banged the drum for LeBron and has for a very, very, very long time. And and the coverage overwhelmingly outweighs whatever LeBron does versus what anybody else in the league does, for that matter. Uh, speaking of LeBron, though, he did say he did not want to play unless there were fans there, and he talked again. And now he walked it back after I think the commissioner got in his ear. Right. But he did talk again recently about saying that we look we we want the energy we play for the fans we play for you know get going on that run and and without the fans i don't think we can do that uh is that just excuse making or i mean if, look you you're getting paid a lot of money to go out and play a damn game dude uh to say that the only reason you go out there i mean he could be kowtowing to the fans a little bit but if, if the nba says they want to play you know really you're going to complain about it because you're getting paid this amount of money to go out there and be the best <laughs> You know, I mean, who's to say what was, you know, immediately in, in his mind when he when he said that at first? I mean, it could have been simply a, uh, you know, a nod to the fans in terms of how, you know, hey, you guys, you know, you're important, too. And we don't want, you know, to go about our business without including you. It could have been an inclusive type of, uh, of remark on his part. I don't think it was looking to dodge work or anything like that. Um, I think the NBA employs enough people that they could have before every – Every game in an empty arena, they could have a guy go to both locker rooms, show them the typical TV audience and the numbers of viewers, in other words, fans that are tuned in uh, to NBA games, and they would realize that the 20,000 in each arena um, is dwarfed by you know the hundreds of thousands or millions that would be watching uh, at home. So if they need more than that for a sense of, of uh in, you know, importance or priority. You know, uh, I don't. I don't think they would. I actually, I, back when they would let us in to cover practices, and a team would go into a scrimmage over the last twenty minutes or so of a practice, and I could see how heated those things got. And there was nobody in the gym. There was nobody mm-hmm. watching on television. Um, and and players are competitive, and 
they want to win for the most part. And if, you know, I just, I don't think that would be a huge problem. It would be weird and it would be odd. I mean, what, what would game operations people do? Would they play, you know, sort of the rousing music clips right. that, that people, you know, applaud or chant to or sing or, and the whole, you know, the, the noise-o-meters that they put on the scoreboard. Well, there's no one there. So, you know, things would change, but, um, there's an Orlando Summer League. It, it, it shut down about three or three years ago, maybe. But the teams that would go there, they play in a, a gym without any uh, spectators. It's just basketball people, scouts, other team you know, personnel that want to yeah. come by. And those things would get pretty heated because those players are all trying to impress. They're either, you know, they're rookies. At best, they're lottery picks that, you know, they still want to show why they were lottery picks. And then you have a lot of undrafted and and unsigned players that want to uh, make an impression. I, I, I don't think that, that the quality of play would suffer at all in an empty arena. Yeah, I, I don't seem to think so either. I think once the blood gets going and the spirits start flowing, it's uh, it'll be all be all out basketball. Steve, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes and uh, brightening our day a little bit with sports, okay? Well, yeah, hopefully one of these times soon we'll have some, some new fodder. To, absolutely uh, discuss uh, sports wise yeah. all right absolutely it, appreciate it pal talk to you soon there you go steve ashburner from uh, nba.com joining us uh, on the schneider orange hotline schneider hiring drivers right now you work hard they treat you fair 80 plus years they've been getting it done call them 844 pride to go to schneiderjobs.com okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.